Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, hello, everybody. We are talking to the men today about what every girl wants, so I'm going to start my day off right. Rhonda? Here, baby, just for you. I just want to say, before I start this talk today, I want to get it right. Wow, there's silk flowers. Just, just, just what I, I wanted? No, this, this really isn't. Let, let me show you what, what girls want. Hold on. What a girl wants, what a girl needs, whatever makes me happy sets you free. And I'm thanking you for knowing exactly what a girl wants, what a girl needs, whatever keeps me in your arms. And I'm thanking you for giving it to me. What a girl wants, what a girl needs, whatever makes me happy sets you free. Don't leave the baby. <laughs> Today we want to talk about this. Now, let me just say this to you because some of you walked in here, it's your first time here, and you're going, oh, no. Uh, especially your lady, you think, well, maybe I showed up on the wrong day. Well, here, you have, an, you have an outline. What I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to take notes. And I'm going to ask you ladies today to be nice, Okay. So what that means is, is that as we go through this uh, message, if your spouse is here or your boyfriend's here, uh, you're not going to look over and go, you're not going to throw an elbow, you're just going to keep looking straight at me, okay, the whole time. Guys, what you're going to do is you're going to take notes today, and then after service today, sometime, if you were here last week, you want to go home, ladies, and pull out that outline, you guys are going to sit down and talk about these outlines together as to how to get your marriage better. Remember we say, you can't do better, be better, till you know better. And so today, I want to help you know better, all right? So, guys, today, today, as we begin training, I want us to begin training like a pilot. A pilot, before he flies an airplane, is, uh, goes through in, uh, training, and as he's in his training, they tell him this, they say, Always keep your eyes on the instrument, especially during storms, because if not, you're going to get vertigo, and you're going to get sick, and you're not going to be able to fly the plane. And so today, guys, as we start going through the outline today, I want to give you some instruments that you can put your eyes on, especially during stormy times, is that you know what to do and how to pull your marriage maybe out of the storm, all right? So we're going to fly a plane today. So today, let's get started. If you'll look right on your outline, I have this. How to spell love, and the way that we spell love is couple. We're going to break this down. This acrostic today to help us do this, all right? 
So go ahead and write down the first one. The first the letter C is closeness. If you go ahead and write that down, what she wants is closeness. Now, as you're writing this down, again, we're going to begin in the beginning uh, about with Adam and Eve. And the Bible says in the beginning that God created man, then he created, you know, all the animals and stuff, then he created man, and then he created Eve afterwards. So Adam, all of his life, that before Eve come on, we don't know how long that was, but he began to watch animals. He looked at animals and saw how that they actually were around with their mate. And so the first thing that God had to do is when God created Adam and uh, I mean, created Eve, God brought Eve to Adam. So the first thing that Adam saw before he saw Eve, he saw God, right? It was God that he saw, and then God presented Eve to Adam. And here's the reason for that. Because God picks it up right here, and I'm going to go a little bit deeper, but look what he says in Genesis 2 and 24. He says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall what? Cleave, right? Cleave. That's sort of a biblical word that we don't use much anymore. Cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one, fa- uh, one flesh. What does that mean? That means there's a bonding that happens. So God had to reteach Adam. First of all, God had to say, Adam, you're not an animal, okay? Okay, you're, you're, not, a, you're not a donkey, even though you might act like one every once in a while, right? Okay, never mind. Uh, only around my house, I guess. But uh, So anyways, he said, I've got to teach you. So God brought Eve to Adam, and as he was bringing him, so the first thing that Adam saw was God, and so then, so that was a spiritual part, and then God had to tell Adam, this is, your, this is to be your wife, flesh of your flesh, bone of your bone. In other words, you're to come to her emotionally, because Adam had all seen all the animals just physically come together, and so God said, the way you get to your wife is spiritually, emotionally, then physically, Right? Because most of us guys, our animal nature takes over. And all we see is the physical. And so we have to learn that it's spiritual, emotional, and then physical. We have to learn that, okay? So, my wife feels close to me when, I put some things down here to help you out and help me out that I can go back to. It says, my wife feels close to me when I give her my undivided attention. Uninterrupted attention, which is uninterrupted time. I just want to say this right off the beginning here. This is very, very difficult in, our, in the days that we live. Do you agree with that? I mean, like, a lot of us, uh, work is in our back pocket all the time, right? I mean, like, emails and text messages come to our phones, and, and it seems like you're having a nice dinner, and there'll be a phone call or text message or whatever. And then also social media is in the middle of that. And so here's what I want to tell you is that you really need to set a time to say, okay, in the evening, we're cutting this off. Like, you know, like at our house, like, okay, 9 o'clock, no more after that. Because Ron and I usually sit on the sofa for one hour. We've had this habit a while. For one hour, we watch something on uh, Netflix, okay? Uh, so so you got to figure that out. Now, let me tell you this. This is so important because if you don't get this, you're going to miss a, a, a blessing in your life and closeness. If you want to be close to your wife, let me say it this way. If you, if you want to turn your wife on, you have to turn technology off. Let me say it one more time. If you want to turn your wife on, you have to turn technology off. It's hard to have a romantic dinner and all of a sudden buzz, 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 or like this. Yeah, baby, how, yeah, yeah, honey, I love, 
Yeah, you, yeah, uh-huh. See what I'm talking about? So that's one of the barriers to, to our relationships today. Matter of fact, the greatest thing that uh, men and women have affairs with is their phone. Okay, I'll just leave it at that. All right. Okay? And then here we go. My wife feels close to me when I give her non-sexual touches daily. I'll talk to the man just a second here. You know, like, uh, when you, you don't understand that because we think when we get married that, you know, we got a, we got a right to her anytime. And, and I had to learn this the hard way. I really didn't know I had to learn this. And I thought that, you know, I thought touches were great all the time, especially if we were close. If she was close to me, that means she wanted to be really close to me. You know what I'm saying? So I had to learn to sit beside her with my hand on her shoulder and just say, stay. Do not move from there. And that, that was very difficult because, you know, it just goes against everything that, that we were taught on the playground. All our buddies, you know, all those guys that were older than us, and maybe even your dad, you know, maybe he didn't have it right either, told you that stuff too. And so we have to learn. We have to learn that. All right. And so the last thing I would say on this topic is my wife feels close to me when I date her. When I date her. That's so important. Listen, Rhonda and I have been married 29 years. At our 19th year of marriage, we went to a marriage counselor. It was the best thing we ever did. One of the reasons that we went was because at that time, there was two pastors that was very close to me that had affairs. Within a six-month period of time, I mean, like one and then the other, and it was just shockwaves that went through us, and it scared us. And so we went back to our counselor, and we said, okay, look at our marriage. We're going to come a couple weeks or however how long it takes, but look at our marriage and tell us where do you find the holes at and what can we do. And so after several weeks of going to counseling, we come back, and he, his analysis was this. He said, I know that you two really love each other. There's no doubt about that. But there's one area, if you don't get right, you're going to open yourself up. And I was like, what is it, you know? He says, you don't date. If you want to keep a solid marriage, then you have to date. And I can tell you from that point on, see, Rhonda and I were the kind of people that it was all about our kids, you know. We couldn't go anywhere without the kids. I mean, like, we'd never go, like, one night away and spend a night away without our kids. We felt guilty for that because, like, your kids are going to grow up. That's all we hear. They're going to grow up and they're going to move out and they're going to be gone, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they are. Hallelujah. <laughs> but let me just say this to you. When your kids are at home, it's good for you to get away without them. And don't let anybody guilt you uh, over that issue. It's good for, for you. And so we started dating. And I can tell you, because we started dating 10 years ago, our kids did get older. They, are, they did move out. My daughter's moving out again here in a month. Uh, and so, you know what? It ain't like, oh, what are we going to do? It's like... I'm just looking to make sure she's not in here. <laughs> but it's great! I mean, like, we love each other. We like each other. We like doing stuff together. We've been dating for 10 years, and it's still part of our marriage. It's, what, it's the glue, and he was right, and we do it. And so when they're gone, you know what? It's not like, what are you going to do? It's like, we know what we're going to do. We already got these trips planned, and we're like, whoo, downsizing our house. Hallelujah. You don't have a bedroom anymore. So here's what I want to say. I know this is very difficult when you have younger children, and so we want to help you with that. Maybe you haven't been on a date in a couple years. 
Well, we want to help you. On the back of your connection card, on, no, on August the 27th, we would love to help take care of your kids for three hours where you can go do anything you want to do as a couple. Go together. Maybe you just want to go and take a nap. Maybe, you know, I don't know. But whatever, all right? Just do it. Now, let me say this. If your children are 40, don't you drop them off. <laughs> just want to tell you that, all right? Letter O on our outline. You ready? Letter O is this. is openness. Openness. This is very difficult for a lot of men is that, you know, because in order to be open, we have to answer all our wives' questions, right? And they ask a lot of questions. And sometimes we're like, shh, shh. You know, we don't want to talk about it. But you have to understand, guys, is that the way that she feels like that you're close to her is that you're open to her by having conversations with her. And so what that does is lets her, when she asks those questions and you answer them without short answers, she's catching up. So she's sort of catching up on your day, you know, and it makes her feel like that you're being open. Look what the Bible says in Colossians 3 and 19. This is a command to husbands. It says, husbands, love your wives and do not be what? Don't be harsh with them. Don't be harsh with them. And sometimes we get very harsh when we feel like they're being nosy, right? And it's not that they're being nosy. It's just that they want to know what's going on in our world. So my wife feels um, I am open with her when I share my feelings, telling her about my day and difficulties. I ask her about her opinion and feelings. Man, that's when she feels really open to me and you. And let me just say this to you. Telling your feelings to her is you know, like, how do you do that? How do you share feelings? Well, you just tell her details. So, guys, we need to, I need to reword that because when I say she wants to know how you feel, we get a little confused, like, man, I don't know how to tell her my feelings, you know. No, what that means is tell her details. Like, you know, she wants, how was your day? Well, you go, well, my day was good. I went to work, I'm come home, it's good. Well, that's like, it goes like this. You know what, this morning I got up. This morning I had a little bit of headache when I got up. I didn't feel so good. But you know what, on the way out the door, I, I went by the medicine cabinet there, and we had Tylenol, and I took two Tylenol today. I want to tell you that it took that Tylenol two hours and 47 minutes and 37 seconds before it worked. And after that, my headache got better. And then I, then I met John, you know, and, and John at work, you know, he, he's, he's, you know how he is, he's loud, and he had all these problems, then I felt bad again. Like, i got to fix this. Then I met Fred, and Fred helped me fix, solve John's problems, and we worked that out. I felt good. And then on the way home, you know, I got in traffic, and it's, I got stuck in traffic. And, honey, I wanted to get home to you so bad, but it, I started feeling bad because it's going to take me longer to get home to you. You're going to hear that line in your house here, and, and you give him praise for saying that to, but anyway, so she wants to know the feeling, this detail, this detail. And I say this, you know, uh, ask her uh, her opinion about uh, her feelings, but also I would say this, include her in the big decisions. You know, don't make big, big decisions without your wife. I don't care, you know, maybe it doesn't involve her. Maybe it's with your work or whatever. Or maybe, you know, maybe you're self-employed and it's your business. Involve her in those decisions. Listen, never go buy a vehicle without telling your wife about it. I mean, that's, that's going to land you right in, right in bad graces, I can tell you. And I don't have that much time to be talking to everybody, all right? I'm just telling you, that's going to that's get you in trouble. Don't do that. 
Talk to her about that. You're like, well, I make all the money. Well, let me tell you something. If you say that, you're stupid anyways. I just want to tell you, learn from stupid, all right? Don't do that. So I'm just saying, man, include her in that. And I can just say this, that Rhonda, listen, Rhonda is a slight edge in my life that makes me much better. In other words, her, her, she sees things differently than I do, and she gives me a different perspective. She makes me better, and your wife can as well. And the, the uh, last thing I would say that about being open is pray with her. Pray with her. If you were to say, Jeff, what is the one thing in the last four years that's made your life be- uh, marriage better? I would say 10 years has been dating, but the last three to four years, what's taken it up, it's learning how to pray with my wife. Now you say, now Jeff, you're a pastor. You're supposed to do that. Well, I'm going to tell you something. It freaks me out too. I mean, it, it just really is. I, and let's just be honest. I mean, it's not the easiest thing to talk to God and hold your spouse's hand, right? I mean, it makes you sort of get sweaty and stuff, you know? But here's what I've, here's what I've learned to do. And, and I asked Rhonda, uh, a guy, I just met a guy one time. And uh, he said, you know what would help my marriage is I, I prayed for my wife. And we had a 10-minute conversation and boom, I, I, don't, I haven't seen him again since. I thought, you know what, maybe God's telling me to do this. So I went to Rhonda. I said, you mind, Rhonda, if, before we go to bed and sleep at night, do you mind if I just say a prayer? She said, yeah, as long as it's not 30 minutes. <laughs> she knows her husband pretty well, you know. Because uh, so, I'll start trying to say the right words, and then that'll be the wrong one, try to say something else, and that'll be wrong, getting a mess. But here's what, it's simple, it's this. As I just reach over at night, the lights are out, you know, it's dark, so, you know, she's not staring at me. Hold her hand, and I said, God, would you bless Rhonda? And that's the way you do it. Matter of fact, guys, let's just practice this, okay? You ready? Let's just practice this. Guys, what I want you to say on the count of three with me, I want you to say, God, bless my wife. You ready on the count of three? Here we go. One, two, three. God, bless my wife. You just said a prayer. Oh, my goodness, you said a prayer. You are spiritual. I can tell you that lights her up. And so now, you know, I'll do that. I said, God, you know, just bless Rhonda. Thank you. This. And I've, I've expanded it. I keep it within a minute, though. And I said, you know, God, thank you for Rhonda. And then I'll say, thank you that she's a great wife. And God, thank you that she loves, her, loves me and she loves our kids. And she loves you. Amen. That is the thing that, as Alicia's keys would have said it, This girl is on fire! Lit her fire! Why? Because like God said, okay, Adam, hey, it's going to be me first and then it's going to be emotional. So you touch God with her. Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. I got to hurry up. I can get out of here. All right. Letter U is understanding. Write this down. Understanding. Look what the Bible says about understanding. 1 Peter 3 and 7 says this, In the same way you husbands must uh, live with your wives with proper what? Proper understanding. That they are more delicate than you. Treat them with respect because they also will receive, uh, they also will receive together with you God's gift of life. Do this so that nothing will interfere with your prayers. And so I just want you to understand, guys, is this, is that, your primary job in marriage is study your wife. You've got to know who she is. It's not automatic. I'm telling you, you think you know this person. You don't. And I can tell you, after being a student, I wasn't a student the first 10 years of our marriage. I was stupid. I wasn't a student. I was stupid. Like, 
what's wrong with you? you? You jacked up. And that's why if it wasn't for our relationship with God, we wouldn't have made it. Because why? We were at odds. I was trying to make her like me. I married her because she wasn't like me. But when she got, we got married, I wanted to be more like me. And so we butted head for 10 years until we figured out and started working this stuff out. Then I began to study her. What, what is it that she likes? Here, listen, if you don't know what she likes, you don't know what to do. And if you don't know what she dislikes, then you'll keep doing the things she don't like, and you're going to keep making her mad. So why not go ahead and figure that out? And if you know what she doesn't like and you do that, you're nuts. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? I mean, why? I know this is going to tick her off, but I'm going to do it anyways. Well, why would we do that? I mean, do we like chaos that much? Do we like the sofa that much? Learn not to be stupid. And I've been learning that. I'm telling you, because I used to say, well, I'll tell you what. Yeah, you made me mad. Well, I'll do this. And why do we keep doing the opposite of what other, each, each other likes and thinking we're going to get better? We think, okay, well, she did this to me. I'm going to do this to her. And we just think that's going to bring us closer. No, no, no. It drives us further apart. Get understanding. How do you get understanding? Well, my life, wife feels I am trying to understand her when I listen to her. <clears throat> when I listen to her. Very, very difficult for me and many men. Because you know why? We're fixers. You tell me your problem, I straighten you out. It's like, you know, we just feel that way. And so, I never will forget this years ago when I got my first lesson on this. Rhonda was having an issue. She told me about it. I'm not kidding you. I'm, I'm not lying when I say this. We were, uh, we were in a living, living room in a house that we had lived in over uh, in Rex. And I said, sit down right here on this sofa, honey. I went and got a pad and brought it to her in a pencil. I said, now, I want you to make it right one, two, three. And so before I could get to number one bullet point, I seen a tear come out of her eye. And I thought, praise God, she's overjoyed. Her man is going to do it. No, that tear didn't mean joy. That lip began to quiver, and she said, all I wanted you to do was listen to me. That was the most foreign and stupid thing I ever heard in my life. To me, now I'm just saying to me at that point, it's not stupid, that's not stupid now, but I learned at that point. See, what I learned was this, is that my wife, when I just sit there and don't say anything, and she can talk, Guess what? She figures it out herself. I, she don't need me to, she just needs me to listen because women sometimes think better through their words. You know what I'm saying? They really don't know, but when they're talking to you, they figure it out as they talk. That makes sense to you? You see, men just, you know, we're already calculating. We already got our stuff figured out. We don't have to say nothing. We got it. We got it. We know we're going better. Most women have to have a conversation. They have to start talking, talking, talking. Then, then the answer comes. It's like the light's on. And here's a great thing, men. If you can keep your mouth shut and you let her talk, by the end of the conversation, she's figured out. And she says, honey, you're such a great listener. I love you so. You're so wise. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, yes. You have married a great one. Yes. Honey, I got you. See what I'm talking about? Do that. My wife feels I'm trying to understand her when I don't dismiss her feelings. And then I express appreciation for all that she does, especially around our house. Listen, guys, if you had not done that in a while, 
You might want to pull that one out. Okay, let's move on. The letter P is peacemaking. Would you write this down? Peacemaking. When you write that down, I want you to look up at me because I want us to look at our verse together. Matter of fact, let me just say, maybe you just need to look on the outline because there's three words here I want us to read out loud together. So let's just read those first three words of James 5, 16 together. You ready? Here we go. Admit your, okay, admit your faults to one another and pray for each other so that you may be what? Okay, here we go. Watch it. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. In order for you to be healed, you have to admit your faults. In our society today, we don't have a problem admitting our faults. This is the way we admit our faults. We go, yeah, I might have this problem, but you. See what I'm talking about? We start saying, yeah, yeah, I'm bad at this, but you. And then we go off and blast them for everything that they've ever done in the last 20 years. The Bible says when you admit your faults and you stop right there, then healing can begin. But if you add to that, when you admit your faults and so that you can begin to blast them for theirs, then, friend, you've caused, caused a divide. So healing begins in relationships when you admit your faults. And you have to let them come around to admitting their faults at the right time. But it starts by admitting your faults, okay? So, my wife feels at peace with me when I, here we go, I let her vent her frustrations without getting angry. And again, I don't have all this down. I'll be honest with you, this is one I struggle with. If Rhonda's upset at me about something and, and she comes on a little strong about that, you know, it, it's very hard for me to say, oh, well, you know, she's just finning. I mean, that's what, something I struggle with. God has to help me with that. And she will have to help you with it as well. My wife feels at peace with me when I admit I am wrong and apologize by saying what? Oh, let's try that, guys. Just to me and out loud one time. Loud. You ready? I'm sorry. Here. One, two, three. That was pretty pathetic. <laughs> Man, we can do better than that, right? Come on. Here we go. One, two, three. That's better. That's still ain't, huh? that's, you still ain't there, but that's getting better. That's hard, isn't it? Got stuttering problems all of a sudden. Here's what I want to tell you something. This is coming up on the screen. I wrote this down. I think it's a great one. As a matter of fact, if you want to just go ahead and pull your phone out and Facebook this one, you're welcome to because here's something that will save relationships. If you have to always be right, your relationship will never be right. Did you hear that? If you have to always be right, then your relationship will never be right. And it, listen, it, you know, again, this is something that I struggle with because I was great at winning the battles. Matter of fact, I could wear Rhonda down. I mean, we could get in an argument and I could just pull out so much history and just keep on blah, blah, blah. And she's finally like, okay, you win, okay. I'm like, yes! I won. But what I didn't know is I lost. Because where I thought I had won the battle, I lost the war. Because you see, I thought it was over. I mean, you think when you, you get the belt and says it's, you won, you're the champion arguing, you won. And she's still carrying something right here. And see, it takes her like weeks for that to come out. I mean, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it just comes out of nowhere. Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, what, did, what? I thought we had that argument like six weeks ago. I thought we were done with that. And no, we weren't done with it. It come back up in her. So here's what I want to tell you. Is that sometimes you can be right, 
And it's okay to be wrong. You see what I'm talking about? I mean, like, sometimes you're like, you know what? It's just not worth it. I mean, it's okay. Hey, it's going to work out. You know, nobody's going to die. And so just let it go. Learn to let it go. You don't have to be right. If you always have to be right, then your, your relationship's never going to be right. Never going to be right. And then the last one is this, is my wife feels at peace when, uh, with me when I reassure my love. Listen, guys, Rhonda told us last week that we like to hear, I like you. But she likes to hear, I love you. She likes to hear that. Okay, the, the letter L is this, is loyalty. Would you write that down in couple? Loyalty? As you're writing that down, I want to tell you something that's going to give you the edge in your relationship. When God brought Eve to Adam, remember, the first thing Adam saw was God. It was the spiritual part. Eve felt a divine connection to Adam through God. She felt comfortable as long as God was in the picture. And I just want to tell you that if you want your family to get better, if you want them to feel at peace with you, is work on your relationship with God. Listen, when your wife sees you men striving to work on your relationship with God, she feels that you're going to be more loyal to her. She feels that you're going to be more uh, loyal to her because you're loyal to God. And in order to hurt her, you've got to hurt God. And so when she sees you pursuing God, it makes her feel closer to you. So right now, I would just say this before we go any further. If you've not crossed that line, I mean, I'm talking about if you've not made that decision that you're going to be a Christ follower. Not someone just says a prayer, but become a Christ follower. Today's your day. And so on the, if you don't know how, there's a prayer inside of your program that will lead you in that. And you can pray this prayer. And as you pray the prayer today, I want to encourage you to check it on the back of your connection card, the box that says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower. Why? So we can pray with you. I want to encourage you to do that. Now, the Song of Solomon, you may not have read this book before. It's in the Old Testament, and it's about... Two lovers is a great love story. And listen to what the woman says. She says, wear me as a signet ring on your heart. As a ring on your hand, love's flames are flames of fire. Flame that come from the Lord. What is she saying? She's saying what every woman says today is put your wedding ring on. Other words, let everybody know that we are together, that you are off the market. You see, I see too many people, they get mad at each other, and the first thing they do is go put their wedding ring in a drawer somewhere, and like it's sort of threatening their spouse. I want to tell you, if you want to give her loyalty, you wear that ring with pride. You put it on. Because what you're saying is, this is off the market. Somebody, I know, I know just what's crossed your mind. There's not a great demand for this, but I'm just saying, you know. What you, I mean, you just let her know that, hey, I'm taken. That's what that ring says, is that I'm taken. Before you even wonder, you know, I'm taken. I'm taken. And I want to, you want everybody to know that. You, that gives her comfort to know that. And let me just say this to you. If you're always threatening your, your spouse to leave, you will never cleave. We talked about cleaving meant bonding. I mean, why do you think that when you say, well, I tell you what, if you don't give me what I want, if you're not going to do what I want, there's somebody else out there for me. I can go get somebody else. Now, why do you think that's going to make you closer? Why do you, man, why do you think that's going to make your wife go, oh, no, and she's going to come running, jump in your arms and attack you, take you down? She might take you down, but it might not be the way you want to go. 
What, what do we think? What do we think threatening people makes us closer? What do we think when we say, you know, I'm going to leave. If you don't do this to me, I'm going to leave. That doesn't make us closer. It drives wedges. Quit threatening your spouse to leave. Don't threaten her. Matter of fact, fear destroys love. Perfect love drives out fear. Look what the Bible says in 1 John 4 and 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love does what? Drives out fear. So if you keep putting fear in your spouse, you're killing love. I got a question for you. You should, you should go home and have this conversation. What is it right now that you're afraid of? What is it? In your relation, you've got to answer that question. What is it right now that you're afraid of? Are you afraid? Is, it, is there a fear over your finances? Is it fear over something in your marriage that you're afraid that, you know, if you don't do this, then he's not going to do that? Or you're going to quit loving me if I don't, can't do this? You know, you've got to figure that out. What is that's the question? What are you afraid of? Because perfect love drives out fear, but fear drives out love. So don't drive fear in, drive love in. All right. So my wife is assured of my, of my loyalty when I speak highly of her in front of others. Never let your wife be the butt of the joke. Gosh, how I mess this up. I used to crack jokes all the time and make Rhonda the butt of the joke. Do you think that makes her want to love you more? No. Take it from me, stupid. No, it doesn't. Then it, my wife is assured of my loyalty when I make her and my marriage a priority. And then my wife is assured of my loyalty when I don't look lustfully at other women. Why, why, was your, why does your wife not want you to look at other women? I'll tell you why. Because you will steer to where you stare. Did you hear that? If you're always looking, somebody used to say, well, Pastor Jeff, there's no sin against looking. You know, you can go window shopping without buying. No, oh, no, no, no. You keep window shopping, baby, you're going to buy. You're going to buy. You keep going by that window, you will buy. Why? Because you steer to where you stare. One thought about this, pornography. Pornography is cheating. It's cheating. You say, Pastor Jeff, how? I'm just looking. No, no, no. Let me tell you why. Because you are looking at someone else that you should not. You should only be looking at your wife that way. And so you got to stop it. You say, Well, I'm single, so you know I'm not married, so I don't. Oh yeah, you're cheating on your future wife because you're gonna get these ideas in your head about the way it should be. Because here's what's happened: some men have paid this woman to look this way and to do all these things that are not natural, and you're going to think it's natural, <clears throat> and you're going to be disappointed because it's not the way that Hollywood told you it should be. And you're never going to have intimacy. So remember that. Point is cheating. Okay, the letter E. <clears throat> Esteem. Esteem means to value her. Esteem or value. Let your words build up. <clears throat> Look what the Bible says in Proverbs 31. He says, speaking of the lady, he says, Her children speak well of her. Her husband also praises her. Would you, would you shout the next word out? Let's shout it out. You ready? Saying. Circle that. Saying. In other words, if you don't say it, she don't know it. Maybe you have all these good thoughts about your wife, but she doesn't know it unless you say it. 
And let me just tell you something. Praise that is never pronounced is no good. You have to say it. Look what he goes on to say here. He says, saying, there are many what? Fine women. There are many fine women, but you are better than them all. Guys, let me help you. The Bible will help you. When you're walking down the road and this, this lady comes and she's showing a lot of cleavage and she's, you know, she's young, real attractive, whatever, and you walking beside your wife and all of a sudden your wife goes, did you see that? Your response is this. What? Huh? She said, did you see that? Oh, you go, oh, yes, but honey, let me. There are many fine women, but you are better than them all. Proverbs 31, 29. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. I'm serious. So you've got to change the conversation. You've got to give her confidence. When you praise her, listen, praise her in the things. Don't, don't just nag about the things that she doesn't do. Begin to praise her. Tell her how pretty she is. Tell her how beautiful she is. Let her know that your eyes are only on her and that, that you love her no matter what. That, you know, you're attracted to her and that you thank God for her. Listen, lift her up, man. There's too many people tearing her down. And most women today are embarrassed about their body. They're ashamed of their body. They feel bad about their body. So don't you ever say anything negative about her body. Never, ever, ever say that. You praise her. You say, listen, I know. And, and just, listen, guys, some of us are walking around with chicken coops ourselves. You know what a chicken coop is? It's like a lady got on, a Baptist pastor got on an airplane. And he went down the aisle and his, he had a big belly out here and he hit the lady there with her belly. He was trying to get his luggage up and hit her. She said, sir, would you get your beer belly, beer belly off me? He said, ma'am, I have you know I'm a Baptist pastor. There's never been a drop of alcohol in this body. She said, well, get that chicken coop off me. <laughs> so my wife feels esteemed when I notice something different about her hair. Guys, listen, this is the way you err on that, okay? Is that you just say, hey, did you get your hair done differently? It looks good. No, I hadn't done anything to it. Well, it just looks good today. Because never risk her going to the beauty shop and you not noticing. You, you never risk that. You never risk that. I don't care if you had to say, what, what you do different? You just notice, you know, you just notice that. And then uh, my wife feels esteem when I give her encouragement or praise. And my wife feels esteem when I give her compliment. I build her up. Here's what I want to say. If you don't like what you're seeing in your wife, watch what you're saying to your wife. If you don't like what you're seeing, watch what you're saying. Your words will be a compass in your relationship. Watch what you're saying. I'd like for you to stand with me right now. I'd like every one of you standing. I'd like to pray for every marriage. So today, if you're standing beside of your husband or your boyfriend, you can take their hand. If your husband's not here, your wife's not here, then we're gonna, I want you to pray for them. But I'm going to pray today that God would bless your marriage. 
and he would bless your relationships like never before. Would you bow your heads with me and let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now in the name of your Son, Jesus, God, we have come, we've learned, we've laughed, but God, you're speaking because there's people right now, their relationships are, God, it's right there on the rocks. And Lord, you know it's rocky, and, and God, there's some that are struggling. There's some single parents here that are struggling, God. I pray today that you would help every marriage. I pray, God, that you would put angels around their home, oh God, that you would let us look to one another as becoming one flesh, one spirit, one mind together. And God, I pray that whatever obstacles are coming against this marriage, God, if it be another person, I pray, God, that you, you would somehow get that person out of the picture. God, if it's, a, if it's a job, I pray that you would bring peace, oh God. If it's conversation, I pray that you would let it happen. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would cover these homes like never before. And God, that we would trust you, that we would look to you and say, God, I need you in the middle of my marriage. I need you, oh God. I want to follow hard after you. So today we trust you. Today we say, Lord, with all of our heart, I will trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, sing this with us. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.